0: All right, here we go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton and I am your host and we are doing video now. Um, I'm wanting to upload this podcast to YouTube to help expand the reach. And I've been told that YouTube is the best way to expand the reach. So I was like, all right, well, instead of just sitting there with the microphone right next to my face, like I normally do, I will kind of get a my phone plugged into my computer and I'll use a little ring light and I will start a video podcast low quality but you know what it's what we're working with and I, I like it so welcome to the man I want to be podcast if you're the if this is your first time my name is Keaton I am the host of this podcast I just want to thank you for tuning in this podcast is dedicated to helping men of all ages. Christian men specifically, we are a distinctly Christian podcast, whether you are Catholic or Protestant or Orthodox, or don't even know what those means. You just go to church. You're like, uh, whatever. I'm just trying to follow Jesus. This is a distinctly Christian podcast to help men follow Jesus. And it's based on a question my dad asked me when I was 23. He said, you know, I had just gone back into church. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to read this book, which is what we're talking about today. And he's just like, son, what kind of man do you want to be? i like, I don't know, I don't know, Pop. And he said, "I would figure out what kind of man you want to be, and I would pursue that vision relentlessly for the rest of your life." And so I did. I did, and I and I have learned a lot of stuff along the way. And I've, this, I share what I've learned, and um, I'll be honest with what I don't know. And I I would say this on many episodes. I don't edit this podcast, so if something comes out of my mouth or I make a mistake, we're just rolling with it. Um, so that's my introduction. If you are tuning in for the first time on video and you're like, wow, that guy is way uglier than I thought he was. Well, sorry, (laughs) nothing special going on here. Um, And uh, that was a stupid joke. Uh, That was a stupid joke, but um, I am going to be uploading these to YouTube. So please go over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel and watch all of the videos that I have uploaded already at least nine times. There's only like six of them. Just put it on double speed. Listen to those, watch those videos at least nine times so that the YouTube algorithm will shoot it out to the ends of the earth and we can make the channel famous. The channel is called the Institute of Men. If you try to search the man I want to be, you're not going to find it. You'll just get the music video, search the Institute of Men. The Institute of Men owns the podcast. Uh, So you search the Institute of Men, you'll find it. You can click on it. You can watch all those videos. And also I have started a locals channel. If you're like, what is Locals? Imagine if you took YouTube and Facebook and pushed them together, but it also gives you a chance to support the work. So on Locals, you can go and subscribe. You can look at the content I post. You can, If you subscribe, you can post content. You can make comments. You can tune into live streams when I do live streams, all that kind of stuff. And you can message other people. The goal is to create a group of guys online who help build each other. The, the mission of the Institute is to build strengthen and form Christian men of all all kinds. And so you got to go on there and subscribe. Don't be cheap like my brother and don't subscribe and just hit follow. It's $6. I ain't going to make money on $6. Nobody's going to make money on $6. The goal is just to expand the reach and build men who protect God's church and build their families and form their children and all sorts of stuff. I've got a vision video I just put up. Uh, There's a one-minute one that'll be an intro if you subscribe and a 10-minute video if you want to hear the full vision um, of me sitting. I'm sitting right in this chair, actually. Um, So YouTube, Institute of Men. Locals, links are down below. It's also called the Institute of Men. Please subscribe to both of those. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the Bible the Bible. Uh, this is a distinctly Christian podcast and I reference the Bible all the time. I, I, most of these podcasts are rooted in the scripture. You'll hear me talk from the gospels. I did a bunch of, of talks on the manhood of Jesus, looking at Jesus through the lens of like what kind of man was Jesus. Um, I do a Wisdom Wednesday where we look go to the Proverbs or some other form of wisdom in the scripture and we pull it out and we like hey what does this mean for our life what do we how can we apply this to our life so that we can have everything else because if you get wisdom you get everything else and the bible is this beautiful book that is full of wisdom it will change you it will strengthen you and there are people who have done much better talks on what the bible is and so i will put some links down below one of my favorites, his name's John Mark Comer. He does a great teaching on what the Bible is and what it isn't, which is also really important because if you read this book wrong, well, if you read it wrong, you might think that America is the center of the world. You might think get out know, watch start watching conspiracy videos on YouTube instead of watching my channel. And you might just storm the Capitol if you read the book wrong. So don't read the book wrong. Too many people have read this wrong, but This is a good book to know, to memorize, to know. And so that's what I want to talk about. And yes, I did. I said, memorize. We want to read it. We want to know it. We want to memorize it so that when you have anything in your life come up, temptation, tough situation, and I'll give you some examples from my life, whatever it is. You want to, go to, you want to go to the book. You want to go to what's old. You want to go to the wisdom. You want to go to what's going to make you as strong as a tree. And the Bible says it will make you as strong as a tree. I'll give you a couple examples. Um, First one, I was actually uh, with a woman at church yesterday. She asked my opinion, a pastoral opinion, because I work in a church. And she was like, I, I have this. I feel like God said this to me. What would you do as, as a pastor? And I was like, okay. Um, and I, what I did is I quoted her to her, John chapter two, because she's like, I just want to know what you said. I believe God said this. What do you say? In John chapter two, Mary uh, goes to Jesus and is like, they don't have any wine. Jesus is like, what does this have to do with me? You know, Mary's like interceding on their behalf. And Jesus just says, what does this have to do with me? And doesn't really answer the question. And Mary is like, you know, you're going to do what I say anyway. That's because I'm your mom. Turns to the people and says, wisest is this words in the whole Bible? do whatever he tells you. So I shared that with her. It's like, do whatever she tells you. So I, she didn't get my opinion. She got, she got something from the scripture. Um, there was, um, what's another good example, uh, in my, in my life. Oh, there was some gossip happening about around me and my newly fiance. So she's not my wife and we have kids, but when we were engaged, so there was some chatter that I don't like gossip. And, you know, they're all trying to figure out what to do, like the family about this gossip that's happening over here. That's not really, doesn't really affect us, but it kind of affects us. And I quote the proverb, for lack of wood, a fire goes out. So if you want to put out a fire, don't put on wood and just spread out the wood. And they're like, what does that mean? It's like, well, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to contribute because the fire will go out. If you root yourself in the scripture, you will have plenty of things to pull from so that when tough things come your way, tough conversations, challenges at work, you don't have to sit there baffled and not knowing what to do. You can know the book. And, and again, there is a lot more to it. Um, but I I deeply, deeply, deeply love this book. Um, this shapes my entire worldview. If it's if it's not in the scripture and if it's not historic, I don't believe it. I've I've said that publicly. If and I I originally heard that from a guy named Matt Chandler, he's a pastor in Dallas. He said he he was doing a sermon on revelation actually during 2020 and cause he was trying to get his church not to go down the conspiracy theory, you know, and he said, it can't mean something to us that it didn't mean to them. And I was like, yes, that is so true. If it, did, if it is not, if it was not true in the first century, third century, fifth century, 10th century, 15th century, if it wasn't true for them, it can't be true for us wasn't true for them it can't be true for us because christianity is an inherited faith it's an inherited. you don't get to just make up whatever christianity is and so as you read this book you're thousand years removed in different civilization you could easily read your western eyes into this book and, and miss the message miss miss what it's saying to you it's also a book that you're supposed to focus on doing doing putting into practice jesus said on the sermon on the mountain Hear what I say and practice it. Whoever does does the least of the, does, um, how did he say it? Whoever hears the commandment and does them is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. But whoever does not practice these and teaches others to not practice them, which is a common. If you ever hear anybody say, you don't have to do anything. Well, they're lying to you because Jesus himself said, you need to practice what I have told you. It's a book meant to be put into action, not just studied. So you need to live it. James says the same thing. Paul says the same thing. Paul calls it the in Romans chapter one, the obedience of faith. If you know the book, you don't do the book doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's actually a term for it. They're called, they're called Pharisees. They know the book. But they don't do what they do. They wouldn't lift their finger. So anyway, um, I have a, I love this Bible. This is my ESV Bible. Um, It's very marked up, you can see. I like to write in in my Bible. Um, I will probably get a new one here pretty soon uh, because it's a little too marked up, and I think it's time for a new one. Um, I like the ESV version. I think this is the one I like to read. Um, And the best version to read is is the one that you read. Uh, So pick one and read it. If you want later in your journey down the road of faith, you can choose which translation is best. Um, there are some that are more going to be more accurate word for word. It can help you connect the old Testament to the new Testament. The ESV is one of them. There's going to be some that just help you understand what on earth the Bible is talking about. Just pick one and grow later. Okay. Um I, part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I believe all Christian men, whether you are Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox, you just go to church we have a weakness cuz we don't know this book. Like we're we are very very weak as a church right now and we're being uh knocked off one at a time and we got to you got to know the book and but it also needs to be connected to historic Christianity. If it wasn't true for them, it's not true for us. Like that has to be true. Um but I have this special relationship with the Bible one because uh pops you know my father who's been on the podcast before he used to say all the time that when he lived by himself, the only thing he had was his Bible. And so he had read through it, according to him, three times in one year. And I thought that was pretty awesome. My dad read the whole Bible in three times. Now that he's in his older 60s, he claims it was like six times or seven times. You know, he's gotten stronger as the years go by. Just kidding, pops. He read it like three times in one year. And I thought, that, that is amazing. And I, I admired my father and the way he carried himself. And so I was like, okay, I I want to be like my dad in that regard. I want to know the book. I want to know the word and and the, the promises, the things that the Bible says about itself and what it'll do for you and the Testament of people like myself about what it will do for you made me really want to jump in. But then there was my uncle, Stacy, um, really got the thing, the ball going for me when it came to the Bible, he, uh, was a preacher long time in the church of Christ, knew his word, he, he, he he got, got it memorized and he knew the address, which means he'd be like, well, and, and, uh, Jude verse three, it says, and you're like, in Jude's one chapter and you're like, I have, who, who reads Jude? (laughs) Uncle Stacy. He knew the Bible. He knew it really, really well. And he, he told me one time as I was getting into working in church, he said, I, when I got into church, I became a disciple of Psalm 119. And I think you should do the same. Okay. Psalm 119 is all about storing the word up in your heart. And I got two, there's it says uh I got two verses from it that I'm like, I really love these verses. Uh the first one is it was in, it's I don't I didn't write them down, I just wrote them down from memory. It was um how can a young man keep his way pure by meditating on your word, by walking his life, by orchestrating it according to the Lord? How do you keep your way pure? How do you have pure motives, pure words, how pure sexuality? How do you have pure thoughts? Meaning clean, not perfect, just clean, upright, upstanding, good thoughts. How do you do that? You keep them according to the word. Put this to, put it in your mind, memory. And then this is my favorite one. and You might laugh at me about this one, but this is actually a verse in the Bible that says, I know more than all of my teachers because I know your word. I know more than all my teachers because I've memorized the book. I've stored it up in my heart. And you're like, that seems kind of pretentious. And I'm like, it does kind of, but I think Jesus might've said the same thing because he went to the teachers who were educated, uber educated. And now Jesus was the author of the book. So he knew it through and through, he knew its intent. But he, as far as we know, his education probably was not like that of the Pharisees, but he knew he was wiser than they were because he knew the word. And there are plenty of people, your credentials don't actually make you smart. There's plenty of people who have PhDs who think that men can be women and women can be men. Like that doesn't make you smart. Your credential doesn't make you smart. You can be a fool and have tons of education. What makes you smart is rooting yourself in what's been true forever. And is sacred. And it's sacred. If you root yourself in that, like I don't have formal credentials. I have studied, 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 studied. studied and I have made my the ambition of my life to know and live out the Christian faith has proclaimed through the Word and throughout Christian history, I've made that my life ambition. I don't have any credentials because I'm not dropping fifty grand on a Bible education to then approach it as a scholar. This book was not meant to be approached scholarly. It's good that it's approached scholarly. That helps us, you know, stay on the right path for sure. But that wasn't its original intent. This book was written to the common person so they can know it. So I'm going to give you, uh. A couple of tips on how to make the most of the Bible, but I want you to hear some other verses that the Bible says that's written throughout the, about what the Bible says about itself. What are some of its promises? Psalm one says, blessed is the man who meditates on the word. He is like a tree planted by water that bears its fruit in its season. So just imagine, imagine the strength of a tree that's planted by fresh water. That thing ain't moving ever. It's got a thick trunk, deep roots. It's fully nourished. That's what it's like when you meditate on this word. You've got 100,000 or more self-help books at Barnes & Noble. And the reasons there's 150,000 or 200,000, however many there are, is because the last one didn't work. Just didn't. Self-help is no help. If yourself could have helped yourself, yourself would have helped yourself already. I got that a quote from somebody. Joshua says, Be strong and courageous and do not let the word of this law depart from your mouth, from your mouth. There is a, there is a tie between the courage in your spirit and how well you know the word and not how, like how well you're able to articulate the word. Those are tied together. So tie those together. So you need to know this book. You need to know it rightly. Don't go down the conspiracy theory. Help get yourself some education on this. So I'm going to give you five tips. No, excuse me seven tips on how to read, know, and memorize this book in that order. Read, know, memorize this book, okay? And I'm going to give you the seven things that I did over the course of the last, well, let's see, what it would it be about nine years now that I've tried to put this book to memory? It's been about nine years, and I can't, I just, just full disclosure, I couldn't just start rattling off the Bible from beginning to end. I know where everything's located. I could recite probably 90% of the Sermon on the Mount or John 14 or 15. I can find it. I can recall it. So can I just like list it off and I'm not going to pull up Ezekiel 36 and just start you know, spattering things off? No, but I could tell you that the content of Ezekiel 36 is about how baptism saves you and the promise of a new heart and a new spirit. I could tell you that. Um, I could tell you that Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34 is a warning to shepherds who do not feed the flock. I can tell you that. Um, it's good to know the book, and you get to spend your whole life. So, here these are the seven. These are the seven things that I did. Okay, number one, listen to the New Testament passively. Get out the Bible app, uh, the the U version Bible app. You can listen to the audio. The audio on certain versions is going to be better than the others. Like the NLT is r- way better audio than the NIV. The NIV is very robotic. Uh, you can get Dwell. Dwell is a great app. It's a subscription app. It's like 40 bucks a year, but it'll put some music behind it. And it's got all these soft, soothing voices. And it's, it's really, really cool, really cool app. But passively listening to the scripture is the first thing I did to start to memorize and know the new Testament. It, it's very hard to just like sit down and just read for hours. But I was working as a bartender at the olive garden. So which is not a real bartender, but I had a couple hours to set up the bar. And so I would put in my headphones. I would just hit play on the letters and on the gospels. And I would just listen. Sometimes I would zone out. Sometimes I would be really focused. Sometimes I remember there was a particular thing in first Peter that I just listened to over and over and over. I just restarted. Passive listening is how you get this book in here, in here. you're like that doesn't work i'm like well i bet you could sing over 100 songs if i were just to start randomly playing them on the radio because even if you couldn't recite it now you hear it and you'd be like oh i know audio is a great way to get it in and it's easy because you can listen while you're driving you can listen while you're working out it takes 14 minutes i think to listen to the book of philippians which is one you should listen to over and over and over again uh Ephesians will probably take you 20 minutes and then you can just go ahead and start reciting it off. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And you, you can go on. That is a beautiful passage to have to memory because you need to know that God has blessed you in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And he chose you. You need to know that. So listen to the New Testament passively. Um, When it comes to reading, tip number two, start with the gospels and then work your way through the New Testament. Anybody who's trying to start to read the Bible for the first time, I always tell them to start with the gospels. The gospels are the heart of the Bible. They are the heart. Don't start in Genesis 1. Genesis is beautiful it's also very confusing. And then by the time you get through, like, you're going to be like, where are all these sheeps and goats and why are there spots and speckles and Jacob and Esau and Isaac, and why are they so mad and who's Abraham, but his name was Abram. And then you're going to get into Exodus and be like, how, why are they in slavery again? And why did God harden his heart? You're going to be like, you're going to confuse yourself a little bit. If you start there, but if you start with the gospels, because you're a Christian, you're going to know, okay, you're going to have a point of reference. Jesus is the founder of the church. He has built the church. He promised to build the church on the apostles and the prophets himself being the cornerstone. And you like, there are people that you can reference in the scripture. So start with the gospels. And anytime somebody I say, start with the gospels, you need to add a little bit of intensity to what you're doing. Don't read 10 minutes at a time or 15 minutes at a time. You'll never, ever get it to memory and you'll forget. You need to read them as a story. Read them as if you would read a nonfiction book or watch a movie, which means do it all in one sitting. Go, go to Luke. It's 24 chapters. It's probably the easiest gospel to read because of how it's, it's a n- mostly narrative. Matthew is going to be primarily teaching. Mark is a lot of action that's very, 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 very fast. But Luke has stories that kind of draw you in. So start with Luke because you're going to hear the stories that Jesus tells and and the stuff that he does. And it's going to tell you about the kingdom of God. Start with Luke and then read it five times, five times. You don't need to read it five times in one day, but I would try to read it five times within a two week time period. Just try it. So I would, the first time I would sit down, I would just try to read it all the way through. You'd be like, I'm not going to remember any of it. Of course not. You ain't going to remember it if you do it 15 minutes at a time or all at once. But by the fifth time, I bet you'll have the whole thing. You'll know it. You'll know what comes next. Read it all at once. And then maybe the next time, take two days to read it. And then take a break. And then take two times to read it. Read the book. And then, okay, go on to Mark or Matthew. Matthew's going to have all of the teachings of Jesus. Actually, that's what I would do. I would go After Luke, I would go right into Matthew. Learn what Jesus said. There is this false conception right now that the Jesus in the Gospels is all... Hippy dippy lovey lovey, and not a fierce Lord of the world and you can, and there is a separation from what Jesus has said and who people think Jesus is, so I'll give you an example um, is a common thing is G to believe in the world right now is Jesus is entirely inclusive, he's the most inclusive person in the world, which really means it doesn't mean he welcomes everyone to his table. That's not what people mean. When they say inclusive, what people mean is he is affirming and celebrating every lifestyle choice that people make, whether that be drinking too much on the weekend, or uh, hookup culture, or, you know, the other one I'm going to say, but I don't want YouTube to take me down. People are like, oh, he's just, he's just, he, Jesus is just accepting and affirming. He's inclusive of all those things, which doesn't mean inclusive. It, what they mean is he affirms and celebrates whatever I choose. You're, you're, you're God and you're slapping Jesus's name on him. Jesus himself said to every single person, you need to repent. He also said, I didn't come to, he's, can, he's not even inclusive. He's conditionally inclusive. Anybody who comes to him is welcome, but he will not follow you and he will not affirm everything that you want him to affirm. He, he says, follow me. He says, sell everything that you have and follow me to the rich and ruler. He can't do it. He says stuff to his disciples in John 6 that makes them leave. Jesus doesn't follow anybody. And his words, he i mean, he calls his disciples evil all the time. He calls them people of little faith. He calls people, oh, this is a crooked generation. Save yourself from this crooked generation. He says things, and people have just kind of detached his words from who he was. So read Matthew, you'll get all you'll get all the words. And you'll get some words that are a little bit scary too that say, I never knew you. Oof, that's a scary one. But Jesus said it. And we need so read, read Luke, read Matthew, get into John. John is beautifully poetic. It's very different than all of the other gospels. It's not one of what's called the synoptic gospels and it'll be all, but John is, is pretty fierce. John is the one where Jesus is, is love. He is God, but it is very clear. Like you've got to make a choice who you're going to believe. So that was okay. Tip number three, read it out loud. So that comes from the uh, Joshua. Let the word be on your lips. Uh, when you read something out loud, you are engaging multiple senses: eyes, ears, and your your mouth. So I know you're not tasting anything, but you are. So I guess two senses. Don't want don't want somebody commenting on that, but you're in, you're engaging multiple senses multiple senses. And because you're hearing it out loud, you're activating that ear again. It's going to really really get in there. Read it out loud. Now you can't. It's hard to read out loud for long periods of time, so just do a little bit. Okay. tip number four. This is advanced. Okay. Tip number four. Once you've started really to know the New Testament, uh, I'm looking at my notes. Um, You've listened to it. You're reading the New Testament. You're reading it out loud once a year. Try to read the entirety of the Bible in 30 days. Yeah. Try to do, read the whole narrative arc of the Bible. So you start in Genesis one and you just go, Nathan Finocchio puts out the 30 day shred, So he'll mark out all the chapters. It's about two and a half hours of reading a day. If you're, if you're uh, two hours of reading, if you're fast, three hours of reading, if you're a slow reader, it's a lot, it's a grind. You only do it once, but you get the whole narrative arc because you need to understand this book as a unit, as a whole. It is a library. It all points to Jesus and his church and the fulfillment of, of his church. It all points to that, but it needs to be read as a whole. Okay, So try it in 30 days. If that seems too daunting, there are 90-day reading plans. So if you can read the Bible in 90 days, I think by reading an hour a day. If you read one hour a day, you'll cover the entirety of the Bible in 90 days. You want to read it as a whole though, so you get that whole narrative arc and you can see how everything starts to fit together because it fits Together, what did Augustine say? The old is revealed in the new and the new is concealed in the old. There is nothing in the New Testament that's not in the Old Testament, but the New Testament and untakes the veil off our face so we can understand the Old Testament. For example, um, the Garden of Eden was the first temple and it's the first prefigurement of the church. Jesus perfectly fulfills the curse of Adam uh Adam says by it says in Genesis, by the sweat of his brow, he will bring forth food from the earth. Jesus promises that he will be his flesh will be true food. Um and he sweats in the garden. He sweats blood in the garden. Adam was banned from the garden. Jesus comes out of the garden. He sweats blood. He puts on a crown of thorns. It says that Adam by that there will be thorns and thistles in the ground. Jesus it, it, I'm not doing a super great job of explaining this, but Jesus fulfills that entire curse. He, he be, It says of Adam, God says, if you eat that tree, you will surely die. And people have explained that away and been like, well, he had a spiritual death. And yeah, his, his soul started to decay for sure, but he didn't physically die immediately. But Jesus did. In the day you eat of it, Jesus took on the sin and he died for us so that we don't have to taste death anymore. That's a whole theological thing. There's are way smarter people who can explain it. Uh, Okay. So in 30, Understand it as a whole because what's in the old is revealed in the new and the new is concealed in the old. Uh, Tip number five, get a study Bible. Here's mine. It's very thick um, and it has a ton of notes. It'll explain things along the way. Get a study Bible. This is the ESV study Bible. I would get the ESV study Bible because you can trust the scholarship on it. Um, If you are not Protestant. If you're Catholic or Orthodox, they have Catholic study Bibles that are awesome that I believe Ignatius Press puts them out. Uh, I believe is who puts them out. So you can go grab those. Um, they're going to be awesome. You're like, what's going to be the difference between, um, a Catholic study Bible and a Protestant study Bible. (laughs) And did you, if you know there's even a difference in the denominations, a lot of people don't actually know the differences. It's a historical, thing from the 1500s, uh, it'll just be a couple doctrines about how you're saved will be the primary difference. You're going to get the general gist though, from either one. So just get a study Bible. It will help you. And it has maps. Maps are awesome. Okay. Tip number six, subscribe to either Theos U, formed, which is put out by the uh, Augustine Institute, I believe it's an app um, or the Augustine Institute itself, which is located in Denver has a bunch of classes that you can take on on the Bible and on theology. Okay, TheosU. The reason I'm recommending these three places. TheosU has been my favorite. I've got, taken a lot of classes through TheosU. They're a bunch of Bible nerds. They all have Bible degrees. They started an online university that you can get for $15 a month, all the theology classes that you could ever want. They also have an online seminary if you want to get an actual degree for $100 a month. Their content is incredible. Their teaching is solid. It's rooted in the scripture and historic Christianity. That's why I like it. They will have some Catholic guys come on. They will have Calvinist guys come on. They'll have Lutheran guys, Reformed guys. They'll have all of those come on. They definitely won't have anyone woke come on, uh, but they're all going to be conservative, rooted in the scripture, and rooted in historic Christianity so that you're getting good content. Okay, You're going to get a good education learning from them for $15 a month formed, put out by the Augustine Institute is $10 a month. It's an app on your phone. Um, that's, I've heard of it, haven't used it, but I know some of the people on there like Dr. Scott Hahn. Now that is Catholic, it's Catholic. So if you're not, if you're Protestant, you're like, what am I doing? Uh, and then the Augustine Institute, they're also Catholic. But what I, the reason I like the Augustine Institute is because they partnered with Crossway, who's Protestant, to put out an ESV version of the Catholic Bible. And we're like, oh, okay. So they're trying to, they're trying to remerge the two branches two primary branches of Christianity in the world in some capacity, which church unity is very important to me. Um, so, um, and they've just got all these really great classes and I think they, they are $20 a month, I believe. So those are some things. And then tip number seven for knowing the Bible is just read it. Just read it. Just read it. It's going to be confusing. It's also going to be beautiful. It unfolds. There are, for the rest of your life, it will things will click and click and click and click. You will never understand it if you don't read it. But if as you read it, over and over and over again, things will click. You will never get to the point where you're like, I've mastered the word. I know the script. Never, never, never. The thing I just told you about Jesus fulfilling the curse of Adam, I realized the other day when I was reading Luke. I've been reading the Bible like profusely for nine years at least. And it was the first time I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus perfectly fulfills the curse of Adam. Wow. that I like that. That has never hit me. Um, it wasn't the other day until I realized that the cross on the, the thief on the cross repented to Jesus. He he said, I deserve this, which is true of all everybody in the world. We all deserve death. The wages of sin is death. We all deserve death. And he, he admitted it. And that's why he was in paradise with Jesus afterwards, or the other guys call him. You will never, ever, ever exhaust the riches of the scripture. You just won't. So you just want to read it and read it and read it. Ask lots of questions. It's the best book in the world. I hope this episode blessed you. Thank you for letting me ramble about the Bible. Uh, please share this with a friend um, if you were encouraged or if you liked it. If you did not like this podcast, just forget that you watched it or listened to it, because that will also help us out. Don't need any of the negative reviews. Share it with a friend. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on wherever you uh, listen to your podcast. Check us out on Locals. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.